Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. You are listening to the Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 72. Did you know that I was ranked seventh in the world in fencing when I was 12? Cue the intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, 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 Prolific Writer Nation. You have found the podcast that is dedicated to helping motivated writers get unstuck and build a business with their art. I am so glad that you are here, however you found us, however you are listening to my voice in your ear canals, walking the dog, taking a shower, or maybe not taking a shower, that might be dangerous, cleaning up the house, going for the morning commute on the subway, on the train. I'm so glad that you are here for another jam-packed, awesome episode of the Prolific Writer Podcast. And today we have on the show, Anne Perot, who is a Christian fiction writer. And Anna has a great story how she has journeyed from wanting to write as a little kid and kind of putting that on hold to raise a family and be responsible and do these things. But she always just had this passion to write and, and now she's doing it and she's been really getting serious in the last three years and produced quite a bit of work. And so I'm looking forward to digging in with Anne Perot today and you're going to love her story. You're going to love the inspiration and tips and tricks that she gives us to get more words on the page and to help you write fast, often and well. And that's why we are here. So I look forward to sharing that with you in just a moment. And a couple things before we get rolling here is I mentioned this last week is if you are listening to this, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but if you are listening to it in the middle of August, August 23 or so, um, I am doing a redesign of our website and, uh, and it's coming along quite well. It's taking longer than I wanted to. But one of the reasons I did a, a redesign uh, was I wanted to make sure that 
our podcast, our website is jam-packed with ways to help prolific writers, help motivated writers get unstuck and build businesses, publishing businesses with their art. And and that's really my been my goal for uh, starting this podcast a couple of years ago was to do that, to share what I've uh, learned along the way to to learn how to write good books, uh, to learn how to market those books, to learn how to make some money from those books. And, and whatever your goals may be, maybe it's to supplement your income. Uh, maybe it's to leave the day job, whatever they are. We all have different callings and, and, and reasons for why we write. And, and maybe it's just legacy. Maybe it's just something that you want to share with the world and don't care if you make a, a penny or not. Um, but regardless, I have uh, designed and created some new resources that if you are listening to this, and I hope it's live by the time you hear my voice, but if it's not, it will be very soon, is I have three free resources that, that kind of hit different areas of need. And so one of them deals with mindset. And uh, you'll hear us talk a lot about the prolific writer mindset or philosophy. And uh, and I created a, a little short video that goes along with this, but also a little infographic. It's a way just to kind of inspire you to have on your desk or put it on your a computer while you're writing, just to remember what we are called to do as writers and, and how to keep on going and to finish what we start and, and, and to live, uh, and rest and, and do these, these things that will keep us, uh, keep us in, in the creative game. And so, uh, there's one on, on mindset. There's also another one that has to do with questions that you should ask your beta readers or first readers or editors, uh, to really help your work sing. And so even, uh, questions you can ask when you are self editing your manuscript and before you send it off to an editor, or before you send it to a beta reader or what have you and I have a video with that as well. And also a little worksheet. And so how that'd be helpful. And then I have another one that has to do with the business side. Uh, it's a two page business plan to really begin to think like a publisher, think like a business that what do I want to accomplish with my writing? with my art, with my creative work. And I put together a short little business plan, something I've used just to kind of think through that. Um, you know, many years ago when money started coming in, I, I started to take this a little more seriously and said, Hey, there's, you know, there's a great opportunity here, uh, to, to, you know, have this creative work, but also to not be the starving artist at the same time. And so I put that together and that will be available as well. And so I hope the website's there by the time you listen to this, uh, the prolific writer.net prolific writer.net. I'll put that in the show notes, a lot of great resources there. And of course, go back. If it's your first time listening, go listen to all the past episodes. You can subscribe to iTunes and Stitcher and you know, we're on Spotify. That's pretty awesome. Google play. Um, you can subscribe to the, the, uh, the podcast and not miss an episode. And also there's tons of other articles on writing and craft and, and other issues that I hope you find um, interesting and helpful and applicable to your writing journey, wherever you are. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with Anne Perot. Welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. Uh, today I have Anne Perot on the show, and I'm so thankful for Anne to come on. She's a fellow prolific writer, has quite a few books out in the world, and actually has a brand new book called What If. And uh, why don't you say hello, Anne, and tell us a little bit about your new book. Hi, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. Um, so my new book is a Christian fiction. It's um, about pretty much the journey we sometimes take um, to letting go of our dreams. And um, it's about a young woman um, who finds herself in a situation 
that she never exa- imagined herself to be in, and she has to learn how to react and how to live with the circumstances um, that she's in. And it's it's a fun it's a fun book. I uh, I've had I have a lot of fun writing it. <laughs> it was great journey for myself. Well, I think that's so important. I think one of the things we talk a lot about on the show is is you have to love uh, what you're writing, and and most more often than not, it's a, it's about us and our own enjoyment of the story and you know whether we sell a ton of books or not but uh you know it's got to start there so um well hey thanks for uh for coming on the show and i wanted to to start there because um it sounds like you had you've had a very interesting life um you've lived in a lot of different places and i can imagine that that has shaped uh who you are and shaped your writing and so why don't you tell us a little bit kind of how you got into to writing and uh you know what was your home life like and you know did I noticed you lived in Germany and some other places. You know, how has that shaped uh, kind of who you are in, in your writing? So it's funny because uh, I, uh, this what if book, I, <laughs> I actually took a trip to Pakistan. And in that book, what if I, I kind of used my experiences in, from that trip um, to write it. But um, yeah, I grew up in Germany. My parents are German, my grandparents are German. I have my cousins over in Germany. My um, my family was uh, interesting because my father was a uh, he was a captain on um, oil supply ships, and so he spent a lot of his time away from home. And um, in fact, by the time I was like five years old, I had traveled to London, I had traveled to Sweden, I had been to a lot of fun places. I had spent a lot of time uh, on books. Uh, my mom's a teacher, and so we uh, we had sort of a, you know, it was kind of a, an interesting life. We uh, Books became really important to me really early on. Um, I loved stories. My mom used to read to me and my sister, and I just found myself that uh, just an escape. There was an escape in the, the books and the stories, and so... I started to imagine my own stories in my own head, um, and it wasn't until later, really a lot later, I was in my uh, late 30s that I started to write, or early 30s, and um, I, I mean, I went through school not really doing well in academics, and so books, courses, you know, that kind of, it was just an escape, and it just became kind of very important to me. So I, you know, I lived overseas in a lot of different countries, and that, you know, it did shape the way I am. I mean, I, I can look at people and not see the color of the skin, um, and I see the person that they are. I think that's what helped me in that respect. <laughs> so. Now, when you were growing up, were there particular books uh, that really influenced you? You know, when I. A lot of times when I talk to writers, you know, the reason they write maybe the kind of books that they write is because of other books that they really enjoyed or, or genre or do you have any like favorites that really impacted you? So it's funny. Um, I became a Christian in, later in life um, and I write Christian fiction. So uh, really, I had no idea that there were stories out there until uh <clears throat> seven or eight years ago when I started reading Christian fiction. Um, so the story that really, or the book that really uh, helped me or, or 
impacted me was uh, James Harriet's um, uh, All Creatures Great, um, All Creatures Great and Small, and it's a story about a vet. And for the longest time, that was what I wanted to be. I was going to be a country vet, and uh, God has other plans, I guess. But that was just a huge. And Agatha Christie, my grandmother and I um, are were or uh, great Agatha Christie fans. And um, she introduced me to her, which was great. And um, it was actually the first books that I read in English. So that was, uh, that was interesting. But I don't write mystery. <laughs> so. Now, I, it's interesting you're saying, you know, there wasn't a lot of like Christian books. And, you know, it's kind of a kind of a newer genre. I mean, kind of mainstream Christian uh, fiction. You know, there's it, it kind of can be limited as far as you know the the genre or the style within Christian fiction. But you know, when you think about that, and you know, it sounds like you, you became a Christian later in life. You know, what what is the difference? I mean, someone listening, you know, what's it makes a Christian book? I mean, is it well, we, there's no cursing, or you know, it's all about religion, or talk about that because I know you know a lot of your stories aren't you know overtly you know. And then you know, and here's this Bible verse and those kinds of things. So, so what what is actually Christian fiction when you when the way you think about it? So, I think the way I kind of see it um, is well, there there is always kind of a message, a message of hope. Um, the characters go through some sort of um, change that brings them closer to God uh, and into a closer relationship with Jesus. Uh, so that I think that's what what the main you know what the Christian fiction is all about. That and uh, probably yes, it's clean. You know, there's no swearing, no body parts uncovered. So you know that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I feel that it's kind of safe. And you know, the books that I've read, um, I'm a big Tessa Afshar fan. She writes historical. Biblical Christian fiction and you know, her messages, <laughs> I, I just look at I, they change me. You know, books that change, they're books that change me. You know, that's kind of how I see a Christian fiction book. You know, they impact my life for good. So, so, so take me back to um, when you were going to write your first. Sounds like you know you went quite a few years, maybe not writing as much, but you know when you said I'm I'm going to write my maybe first novel, my first full length work. You know, did you did you have a genre in mind? Did you have story in mind? An idea? Like, get, kind of walk us through that that first book, that first attempt. What was that like? So, my very first attempt was for my daughter. I um, I had just started homeschooling and she'd just come home and my daughter had a lot of trouble reading and within a year she was devouring everything in our library and I found that I didn't like um, some of the things that she was reading and they weren't um, they weren't Christian enough I guess and they weren't really helping her in her um, and who she was and who she would become and so I I thought to myself hey I can write this story I can just yeah, whip something up, and so I started to write, and it took me 12 years to write that, and that book will never, it will never get published, I can tell you that, um, but the first, uh, so my first novel was um, Skating for Grace, and actually that came because that story has been in my head for over 30 years, and God 
I mean, you know, we talk about being commissioned, go by the church, and, you know, but God commissioned me to write that. And I felt really, I did not want to write it. It was a struggle for me to write because it was very personal for me, what I had gone through, and, you know, and I didn't really want that to come out. And so there was a lot of um, saying, you know, no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And um, turning away and just running from that. But finally, I just sat down and I started to write. And I wrote the first, you know, it's five books. So I wrote them all in, it's a series. So I wrote it in about three months. It just came pouring out. And since then, you know, it's been really interesting because all the stories, I don't even, I don't even think about them really, but they just come, come, come pouring out. And usually, you know, they're um, something that, you know, we don't want to deal with <laughs> uh, as the church or as people, you know, they, they, they deal with some of the harder things in life. So yeah, it's been a really interesting journey that way. So when, you, when you're writing uh, Christian fiction, uh, for example, how, how do you make sure, I know this is always, I've had other authors talk about this too, but how do you, you know, write a story that's not too preachy or, or too, um, you know, that, you know, C.S. Lewis said the first job of a story mm-hmm. is to be a good story <laughs> and not, yes. not say, I'm going to sit down and, and say, this is what you should believe and this is what you should think. And, you know, is that, is that consciously in your mind or what's kind of your process when you, you kind of sit down to, to begin your, your work? So I, uh, hmm, process. So I do believe that, so we talk about, you know, is your, are your stories character driven or plot driven? And I would say they're character driven. And as characters, as the characters kind of mature and, and evolve um, and become who I envision them to be, they, they sort of live. You know, they, they're not just two-dimensional things, uh, two-dimensional characters. And so as that, I don't want them to, you know, preach or become all high and mighty or anything like that. And so that is kind of, it's not constantly in my mind and it's not something I think about. It's just something that how would I go about, you know, conveying the story and how would I receive something like that, you know, throw 10 Bible verses on people, yeah, you know, nah, <laughs> that's probably not going to go well, or be totally, you know, judgmental, you know, that's probably, that. I wouldn't feel good about that myself, so I think keeping the characters real is, like, a really important thing of not being preachy. Well, that's good, I, I think that's, you know, that, I remember years ago, that's, you know, kind of what Stephen King would talk about was, you know, characters first. And he doesn't plot, he thinks plot's evil. <laughs> you know, it's, it's plotting's about, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, but you don't really think about the actual people. And, and, you know, that's why we read books, right? I mean, sometimes plots aren't even that great, but it's the characters that really keep us reading and, and mm-hmm. makes it really enjoyable. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, I know we have, we have uh, people listening to the show that, you know, write in, in Christian genres um, or want to or have. And one of the things I hear a lot is it, it can be difficult because sometimes, you know, the, the book is either like, this is going to sound crazy, but either too Christian or not Christian enough. And so, mm-hmm. you know, have you, how have you kind of navigated those, those waters? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do they, 
I mean, it sounds like your stories, again, they're not overtly preachy or anything, but they are, you know, have certain tenets to them and, and about faith and relationship to God and things like that. Um, but, you know, how do you how do you kind of walk that line? What have been some of the challenges in specifically in the Christian uh, market? So that's a good question. Um, so I would say, you know, you have to be true to yourself when you write. You can't think of what other people are going to think about. That's how I approach a story. If I feel, you know, there are guidelines that I put up for myself. I mean, I'm not going to go into, you know, quite so totally intimate. And if I am writing a romance or whatnot, I, I stay away from that. Or, um, you know, I, I uh, try to keep it, you know, I, I keep it clean. Those are the guidelines that I have. But, um, you know, you can't please everyone, unfortunately. And so I just write, basically, I write for myself, I guess. Um, and I write keeping in mind that there are people out there that need to hear um, message, the message of each book or the, the message that I'm hearing for myself um, and that I'm maybe struggling with myself. So, you know, if I keep it real, like I said, I think, you know, I think then pe people respond to that better rather than, you know, keeping to strict guidelines, you know, uh, of you are going to be using only, I, I use King James verses, um, but uh, because of technical reasons. And so, um, so that's, you know, I think that if you keep it real, people will respond to that, you know, whether they're Christians or not. I mean, I've had um, quite a few people who are not Christians come up to me and say, you know what, this is a really good story. I love the way you talk about God in this because I can, he, he's relatable, you know, and I think that's because of the characters and, and what they go through, you know, so... No, I think that's great. I, I, you know, one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and you know, I love his fiction and just the way he, you know, he, he writes this great, these great stories, and there's obviously redemptive themes and, and and hope and 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 yet it's a great story. I mean, they're great characters, and that's what I think what draws you in. Now, so thank you for that. That's really really helpful. Now, as far as um, you know, let's let's go, let's back up a little bit. So you you go back. You're writing this first novel. It's for your daughter. It's taken 12 years to write. Um, then you get a little more serious because obviously you've written seven or eight books by this point. Uh, so go back to the process. So you sit down to write. I mean, you have, uh, I, I want it to be this long. Um, I'm going to use an outline. I'm kind of just going by the seat of my pants. What, what how, did, how does your process kind of, kind of work um, and how has it evolved over the years as you've written more books? Uh, I am not organized at all. I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants type of writer. Uh, I can't, I can't outline a story. I just, it just doesn't flow. I tried to do that with one of my earlier ones, and I found myself really stuck, and it just felt really forced. And so basically, what I just, I, I just start with jotting down a few like ideas of, for each character, what they're like. And as I write the characters, 
really do take on their own personality and they, they change as, as I write. And so that's kind of, I, I don't have a specific time where I write, I just write. When I feel like writing, I write. Now I'm, I'm really thankful because I, I'm, I stay at home, I'm a stay at home mom, I homeschool, so, you know, I, I, I can afford to write um, whenever I want to and whenever I feel like it. But, um, I mean, you have to actually sometimes tear me away from the computer so I can, you know, stuff, so I can actually socialize, which, you know, <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> but usually I just kind of start writing. You know, I have an idea in my head and I start writing, you know, just jot down very quick notes about where I think the story might be going and then as I write I'm like no that's not really where I wanted to go I thought we were going to go somewhere else but you know I, I just feel I feel a lot of times that God is steering the story is where he wants them to do to go so that's kind of uh, it's always a surprise let's just put it that way um, but I can't um, I'm not very organized as it is so that's Probably a problem for some people, but that's just how I work. So. Well, I think I think it's really refreshing. I think you know, there's a lot of, of talk about you know you have to outline. If you don't outline, you can't write good books, and you know you're never going to be prolific and all these things. But I, I've met just as many you know non-outliners uh, like yourself, and and you said something interesting, and I think this is important for those that are listening. Is sometimes it is personality that drives it. Um, a lot of people that are very analytical or very organized, you know, outlines make sense. They couldn't imagine doing anything in life without an outline or a, a path. But sometimes I think it's your personality that kind of drives, you know, the, the ability to write a story. It's, it's saying, I don't, I don't really need that. I just need a couple ideas and that kind of gets me going. And then I'm just going to kind of free flow and go and trust my, my creative side, my subconscious. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, as God leads me or guides me or, or the muse or whatever, you yeah. know, we don't know where these yeah, stories come from. Right. Uh, right, exactly. And I think that's really freeing because I think there's a lot of writers that listen to this show and, and writers I talk to all the time where they feel like they waste so much time outlining, they never finish anything, and because they spend all this time, and, and sometimes it can be stifling rather than freeing to say, hey, let the characters evolve, let them go. And uh, I've, you know, I've, I've uh, interviewed a couple authors that have, you know, been around for 30, 40 years, written hundreds of books and titles, and uh, and they don't, they've never outlined, and uh, and it, there's no fear. And I think after you do it a few times, and I imagine that's probably your, uh, in your case, you have you know multiple books is that fear kind of goes away that you're not going to know what to say next or where to go. And, and it doesn't mean you don't have to stop or come back or, you know, rework some things. But, um, but you know, there's some permission here to, to, to write without an outline. I think that's, that's really helpful. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, if I outline, I get stuck. I always get stuck. It's just, you know, it's just not the way I, I work. You know, I try to outline. And, and I actually felt really, really bad that I wasn't outlining because I, I read things and people were always saying, oh, you need to have a very specific outline. I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. So um, so it's really been interesting and, like you said, freeing mm -hmm. not to outline, right. you know, to get away from that. Um, well, I, I know we have a lot of nonfiction writers too, and I write nonfiction and fiction. And nonfiction, you definitely need an outline, at least, you know, kind of, it's more technical, it's more precise. You know, you got subheads and you got big ideas and stories and things. But, but I think when it comes to fiction, there is no, you know, it has to be this way. And I think that's really, really helpful. 
Um, and, and, and I think, you know, for me, I've learned over the years too, and I'm not a big outliner either. And part of that is because it's just another excuse for me not to write. <laughs> so, you know, I've limited time and I can just go, well, I'm working on my outline. I've been working on it for three months, but I haven't written a word yet, you know, right. of the book. And so it's just another way to make excuses and say, well, I'm, you know, in a year, maybe I'll have the outline done and I can actually get started. Um, so I know sometimes we fool ourselves and thinking, well, this is, you know, the way you have to do it. Uh, so, Ann, let, let's talk a little bit about you. You've, you've, you know, started, took forever to get this one book. It's not out in the world. But then, you know, now you've been cranking out some books. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what have been some lessons that you've learned um, after, you know, writing multiple books, publishing them, feedback from, from readers. You know, uh, tell me a little bit about just kind of lessons learned. And that could be anything from writing itself to publishing to, you know, covers to marketing, whatever. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. So I think the hardest lesson for me uh, to learn is the marketing part of this. I'm not, I had no idea how much work it was going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, my first book, Skating for Grace, I, I was so excited to, you know, I published the book and, and it sat on Amazon. I, I had no idea that I actually had to maybe, um, uh, promote it and share it with other people but uh, you know that is one of the biggest lessons I'm learning is that I need to go out there and you know share my work with others and make people aware of it because I'm just a tiny little speck in an ocean full of you know bigger specks and you know I'm just you know nobody knows about me so it and this is a really difficult business to get into in that in the respect that you know I have to be out there and willing to talk about my books and talk about you know things like the process and so that that's been hard for me and then um, just uh, the publishing process itself I self-publish so um, you know just getting there has been you know, is usually a huge, uh, a huge struggle for me because, to be sure, things will go wrong. You know, and um, so that's been really challenging in the past. And I know that, you know, every time I go to publish a book, I know that things are not going to go smoothly. You know, there are going to be things that come up like with this, what if book? There's been so many things that have gone wrong. It's just so laughable at this point. It's and I actually this this one I've actually um, uh, stepped out a little bit more. I'm I'm actually having a, an official launch here in our town, and yeah, I've never done that with any of the other books. And so of course things are constantly like getting put in my way. That it's just, are you kidding me? Are you seriously kidding me? So those are things you know. Expect it not to go smoothly if you publish it yourself. Um, and then things like, you know, covers and, oh boy, editors and, you know, I have been so, I mean, it's been, excuse me, it's been incredible because um, all my edit, editors have been wonderful and they just kind of pop up and say, hey, I'll edit this book. Um, and for the cover, you know, my daughter is an incredible artist and when I, published my first book or was in the process of it, I'm like, I cannot afford a cover artist. These are expensive. And so I said, hey, 
you're going to do my cover. And my poor daughter goes, uh, what? She had never, you know, used Photoshop before. She was, she's a, she's a, uh, you know, she's just, uh, she's, she drew and painted and all that stuff, but she'd never done it on the computer. So I told her that she was doing my cover and now she's done, well, all eight of them of my covers and she's branching out. She's study, she studied graphic uh, design and she's branching out starting on her own freelancing and things like that. So, so, you know, it's the little things that you have to be aware of. You know, you're going to need an editor because unless you're really good and can spot your own mistakes. I can't. I just get overwhelmed by the story and I, I know the story so well that it just it's so it's so ingrained in me that I don't know the little details. Um, and then just be willing to put yourself out there. Be, it's not comfortable, nobody likes it. But be real about it. You know, don't uh, don't pretend that you're some high and mighty person that doesn't need to be out there. Where we're all just we're all just people, you know, and, and we have a story to tell, and if you really feel that you've got that story to tell, you know, put yourself out there and tell it, you know, so, um, I think that's, you know, that's it. No, that's, that's really good. I, I, you know, I hear, and again, I don't, I don't know you that well, so I, but I'm assuming you're an introvert and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think for a lot of writers, they typically are introverted and, um, you know, that idea of like, I'm going to be in front of people and go and meet people or, you know, put things on social media can be very uncomfortable, yeah. but, but you realize, you know, you do have this story and you have this message and this impact you want to make. And, and it's more than just the book. It's not just about sales or, you know, um, being famous, but it's really about, I really think there's a message here that I want people to, to hear. And, uh, and I think sometimes that actually frees us from, I'm actually serving people. I'm helping people. I'm not just trying to take their money. Um, but I believe there's something valuable here for them. And, uh, and that's been a big mind shift for me too over the years. I, I was the same way. Just, you know, no one's going to read this. Why would anyone read this? This is crazy. And then you realize, you know, you get, you get emails and people give you feedback and go, Hey, this really helped me and, and, and yeah. changed my life. And, and you go, and that, that kind of helps us, you know, think more about the other person, not just ourselves. Um, and then I, I love what you said about two big things. If anyone's listening, that's just starting out or, or, you know, editing and covers are the two biggest buckets, you know, and, and I like the way you said, you know, your daughter, hey, she could, she kind of figured it out. And I think sometimes we, we let money be the be the issue, but there's so many artists and so many people that be willing to help you um, do mm -hmm. it for cheap or do it or, or, you know, I've even had, you know, art students uh, at colleges do it for their portfolio because they want to build a portfolio. And so they're not trying to make a bunch of money. And, and, you know, there's so many resources out there. So don't let, you know, covers scare you or feel like you have to do it yourself. Um, and then editing. Yeah, you need, need someone on your eyes. There's there's a rare person that can spot other mistakes. I don't I don't suggest anyone self editing. I mean, you, you want to edit first yourself, but then send it off to another person because they're going to spot all kinds of things and help you and make it more consistent and flow better. And, uh, and you know spot out the things that you you, you messed up and, and all that no that, that this is really good because I think you know what you're describing is there's really no self I always say there's no such thing as self-publishing because you just named you know your daughter who's designing your covers an editor who's editing your work you know you're going to market things there's no one that's just doing this by themselves I think that's where self-publishing gets a bad rap it's a team of people you know that that has to do this work it's you're really running your own publishing company and you yeah, have to have, a, have yeah. a team of people to do this you know you couldn't do it by yourself it would just be too overwhelming 
and no one's that talented to be able to handle, you know, covers and editing and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, I thought I could do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I thought I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I can do this by myself, and I just found that, you know, I found, you know, Facebook is very helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, I just found a community of other writers, and I was like, wait, there are other people out there that that have had this experience and that are doing this, you know, the same reason I'm doing it. And so that's been really, really helpful, you know, to know that I'm not out there by myself. But you said something about, you know, people coming up to you and saying, oh, you know, your book really touched me. I've had a couple of people come up to me, and one of them, one of the uh, a lady, she contacted me and said, you know, I cried throughout your whole book. And it was not bad tears, but it was just so, you know, it was so emotional for me. Um, and it just helped me so much. And those are the moments that you go, okay, there's a reason I'm writing. And it's not for me and it's not for anybody. You know, it's for other people who, who need to hear what I've got to say. So, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about books being, you know, legacy because you know, they're going to outlive us, you know, and uh, and it's something that's so great that you can leave for your kids, your grandkids, other people that, oh, yeah. you know, will totally outlive us. I mean, think of all the books we've picked up that the author's long gone and yet they're still impacting our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. So tell me about this, and um, you know you've been around a little while and, and learning a lot and, and you know getting a lot of work out there. Um, tell me any kind of recommended. I always ask authors just recommended tools uh, that could be books related to craft or, or marketing or publishing software. Tell us anything that you you found really helpful as of late. Yeah. So like I said, help. Uh, what I found really helpful is Facebook. Hmm. Um, I found a lot of you know, great um, groups that will, <laughs> I mean, I found out that I know nothing, basically, compared to some of these other authors that are out there. You know, I mean, <laughs> I am very computer literate, I feel, and it's been, I mean, in the last three, three, four months, three months, four months, I've had to learn, you know, these different programs, like, uh, I don't even know what Kobo is. Kobo? But somebody mentioned that the other day, and I'm like, what is that? So I have to look it up. Um, you know, converting files to, to Mobi files and, you know, InstaFreebie. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm still, um, I'm still learning a lot of these things, and I'm kind of, you know, overwhelmed by all the different programs that... You know, I don't even use Microsoft Word. I use OpenOffice. And so, you know, I, I one thing I found helpful, and on top of having my editor look at my stuff, I, I, I put things through Grammarly. Uh-huh. And I'm not, uh, I'm not really good with, I don't know if you noticed. So I'm not very structured, obviously. And then, so I haven't really read a lot of writing how to write books because I find I, I'm kind of nervous that they're going to <laughs> if I have a set certain plan I'm not going to be genuine in my writing sort of um, but I found that there's one book that I've enjoyed reading and it's um, by a fellow author called, uh, named Chris McKinney 
is called Called Writers, and it's just a short book. Um, and but it's very been very encouraging, and he's a fellow Christian, so you know um, I've taken comfort in that. Uh, but and also um, he talks a lot. Of, he talked about uh, you know how to count your words and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I hit word count, and that's basically it. So, but um, but I'm just starting to become more uh, computer savvy, I guess, you know. And utilizing the tools that are out there. I mean, I'm I'm just starting to use things like Twitter and you know Facebook and and those. I guess those are must for you know writers um, just to get the word out there. You know, and and actually to connect with other writers. I found that Twitter has been really helpful to connect with other writers um, and see what they're doing, um, and just to keep my myself kind of sharp. You know, because there's a lot of writing going on between, you know, prompts and stuff like that. So I'd say Facebook and Twitter have been great, which is weird, but. <laughs> yeah, I, social media is so great for that. I mean, there's so many willing, able authors to help each other. I, I found the indie committee especially just very generous mm -hmm. and willing to, you know, help you with anything that you're looking for. And uh, I mean, it's part of why I started this podcast too, was, it was just there's so many folks like yourself that are just, I don't know where to start. I, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know how this works. And, uh, and so, it, you know, it's pointing people in the right direction and giving them some encouragement and inspiration is really great. Um, I'll put all those in the show notes too. Um, yeah, Grammarly is great. Um, Pro Writing Aid is very similar to Grammarly and it helps you find a lot of mistakes and inconsistencies and it's, it's pretty I mean it's it's jam-packed I mean it's got a lot of great tools built in um, and I'll put that that book in the show notes too um, so and as we get to the kind of back end of the the interview one question I love to ask writers is if you were to uh, find a microphone that was live to the whole world and uh, especially the writing world, you know, what would be the kind of three truths that you'd want to give to aspiring writers or current writers that would really just help them in their journey as far as, as writing and keep, you know, to keep on keeping on as you will, um, just on the journey that there can be ups and downs, but what would be like three things or one thing or two things, whatever you'd like uh, to share with, with our community? So one thing, don't give up. Don't ever quit. If you are called to write, don't, quit. It's hard. Um, there are days when you're going to say, I, I've got a writer's block, you know, and it ha happens to all of us. And I, I do believe writer's block is kind of fear, a little bit of fear. So, you know, just don't quit. Keep going. Um, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to let yourself, let yourself be real with other people. Um, and don't, uh, don't do this alone. You know, surround yourself with some really good people that will um, that will help you when you're stuck. That will um, encourage you when you're hitting a roadblock. You know, and whatever you do, you know, just just find those people. Just find a team. You know, uh, that will support you in in your difficulties. And then. Um, Let's see. I would say, know that you're just one person out there, but that you have a message to share with other people. And also, kind of when when other people are struggling, 
don't be afraid to, you know, come alongside them and, and help them out because I found that the writing community is, is, is quite helpful in that respect. I mean, like you said, the indie community, totally. I mean, I've found so many wonderful and helpful, you know, things and, and people that will just come right alongside me and say, hey, come on, you can do this. So it's been great. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out. That's the biggest. I think it's right if we don't reach out because we are mostly, you know, mostly introverts. Um, and so we tend to want to go it alone. And for three years, I've kind of gone it all alone. And this year has been kind of an eye-opening thing that there are people out there. And <clears throat> so that's been, I think, the biggest thing I can encourage others with, I think. Great. Thank you for, for sharing those. Those are going to help a lot, of, a lot of people. And lastly, what is the best place to find you and your books? Online. So I have a website, um, Into, the Light, uh, Into the Light Fiction, and it's a Weebly, uh, it's a Weebly website. It's uh, Into the Light Fiction at Weebly.com. No, it's not at. It's Weebly.com. No at. It's weird. And then um, I'm also on Facebook, um, both under my name and also uh, under the Into the Light Fiction um, name. Um, and um, if people live in Vermont, I'm you know local, and I go to the farmers markets and do local events here. Um, let's see where else. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Don't ask me what the, what I'm under that, um, but um, yeah. Those are just, yeah, I think those are. And, and all my books are on Kindle and Amazon. Well, Anna, it has been such a, a privilege to have you on the show. And thank you for sharing your ups, your downs, your story, your experiences. And uh, you helped a lot of people today. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. That was a lot of fun. And I... Well, there you have it, prolific writer nation, Anne Perot. Thank you, Anne, for coming on the show and helping us get more words on the page, inspiring us, encouraging us to write. I loved her advice. I loved the truth bombs that she dropped for us. Don't give up. Don't do it alone. Find a team. And you have a message to share. I, I think those are, are some of the, the most important truths we can we can think about when we're, when we're about writing books writing articles the message that you have to have to share is, is that don't give up it's it's hard it's difficult it's it's difficult to create it's difficult to write there's going to be up up days and down days there's going to be times where the words just flow and there's going to be times where they just aren't flowing there's going to be times where everyone's buying your book and there's going to be times where no one's buying your book but remember that you don't have to do it alone that's why the prolific writer is here there's great communities of writers to help and encourage and, and, and go find a tribe to be with. We really encourage that around here. Um, I know the people that I write with and, and the people I hang with and the groups I'm part of are so helpful in writing and getting better at the craft. And, and also you have a message to share. And I think that's what will keep you, you going is, is that message. So thank you, Anne, for coming on the show. Go check out Anne Perot's books. I'll put that all in the show notes. And before we take off today... I wanted to make sure that I would remind you again, check out the free resources uh, on the prolificwriter.net, and hopefully those will help you, help you wherever you are on the journey. And uh, hopefully the website is up and, and redesigned and, and helpful for you. And hope that will just be a great resource going into the future as well. 
And secondly, is if you get a chance, I would love for you to leave a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to this show. It really helps us get the word out. And uh, I'm really so thankful for all the kind words and comments and reviews and emails that I get that this show has really helped you. And we want to keep helping you and serving as many people as we can uh, to, to help motivated writers uh, get unstuck and, and build businesses with their art. And, and that's really our hope uh, wherever you are on that journey. And then, then lastly, why don't you just subscribe to the podcast, go to iTunes and subscribe. That way you don't miss anything. And you can always be up to speed on what's, what's going on. I think that's one of the best ways or Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, hey, this has been a privilege and an honor. Once again, this is Ryan J. Pelton at the prolific writer. And I just have one more thing to say is go get more words on the page. Grace and peace. And I'll talk to you real, real soon. Every person's story has something to teach us how others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt, how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 